Turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter number 6. Well, turn, you put your finger in Daniel chapter 6, but we're going to look at Philippians real quick. Philippians chapter number 4 over in the New Testament. Last few messages here, I've been talking about purposing in your heart. And uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter number four. We're not going to preach there. We're just going to kind of start there. And these aren't necessarily tied together, but I'll explain more after we read this. I want to ask you a question while you're turning there. How can you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding? Have you ever known that peace? Philippians chapter number four, verse number five says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You know, nowadays when we say careful, we're talking about careful, don't trip. Careful, don't fall. You know, if we're talking about safety, but at this time when it's said careful, it means being full of care. And we tend to worry about things in this world. We tend to get anxiety about bills. We tend to get anxiety about all kinds of things. Worried about the kids, worried about persecution, worried about whatever. But we get full of care about it. He says, be careful for nothing. And he's talking to the church at Philippi, a time when they were suffering. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And he's talking about prayer there. Let everything be made known unto God. And what happens when you do that? Verse number seven, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Talking about peace through prayer. And that's what I want to talk to you about today as we look at Daniel chapter number six. Now, in a, we'll start with a word of prayer. Well, let's read first. Daniel chapter number six says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes who should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there error, any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, verse number five, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Let's pray. Amen. So when we come to Daniel chapter number 6, you probably remember it from Sunday school a long time ago or whenever. Daniel in the lion's den. Everybody knows that Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, but we're going to take a little closer look at Daniel chapter number 6 today. You know, since July, I think it's been since July... I was, I was praying, and you get a little frustrated, and you, you look at the circumstances around you and say, well, we're a small church, 
and say, how in the world can we have any impact? How in the world can just a few of us have any impact? How can we be doing what God wants us to do? Because things seem insurmountable sometimes when you're looking at them. I'm not crying on your shoulder. I'm just telling you as I got to thinking about it, it's like, well, preacher, heal yourself. Physician, heal myself. And you preach on prayer. And I got to thinking, you know, prayer, prayer is the way that things get changed. We try to figure things out for ourselves so much. We, we think we just got to lay it all out. We got to have the whole, whole, we call them fault logic diagrams at work, you know. Is this, do you want to, you know, is this happening? These are, when I was in the Navy and I was learning my system, you know, we had eight volumes this thick sat on the table in front of us for my sonar system. And uh, the teacher would take us through and we'd pull one of them volumes, number four or whatever, and he would work through the system. And we pulled out this big fold-out. And the fold-out said, do you have this signal here? And he'd test it and say, no. And then you go to the no column over to here. Wouldn't life be light, nice? Wouldn't it be nice to have life like that? <laughs> a fault logic diagram. Did your kid say this? Yes. Well, do this. <laughs> and then by the time you get done, it's fixed. It would be nice, but we don't have that. But we strive to do that a lot of times. We think we'll figure all this out. We'll make this happen. You know, we'll do this and this and this and this. Well, I, I've learned over over time. The Lord's taught me that, you know, you can you can come up with, and I know the the saying around here. You know, if we plan, God laughs. But I, I've learned that, Lord, this is all I know to do. And I, I'm asking you to guide my feet. You know, years ago I heard a sermon the preacher talked about the car would. Y'all have heard this one before. The car with no power steering. Millennials don't even know about a car without shift, you know, with an automatic shifter. But uh, a car with no power steering, when you're sitting still, and my Cavalier was like this because I had the base model with one mirror, you know. It was a sport mirror, but there was only one. I was always going to get the other one later. No power steering, and you're sitting still, and you try to turn that wheel, you can't hardly turn it. But you get it rolling. Even if, you, even if the car is off and you're rolling downhill... You can move that thing just as smooth as if you had power steering. And the preacher said, that's kind of like us. It's not that God can't do whatever he wants, but when he's using us, a lot of times we think just sitting still, he's going to steer us. But it's like that car without power steering. You got to kind of move a little and he'll guide you. Let him guide you to where he wants you to be. And then all of a sudden you'll, you'll meet someone or something like that. I, I'm not going to go into details about it, but... But that's the point to be moving. But uh, you got to be tapped into the source, too. You can't just move blindly. So you want to be tapped into prayer. And that's what, you know, I've been preaching a series of messages on prayer. And this last series here was on purposing in your heart. Look over at Daniel chapter number one so we can get caught up on that. Daniel chapter number one, verse number eight. We know that. We know that Daniel was taken captive with the rest of Israel, and we know that the king had selected him and several others. They were goodly. They were good-looking. They were healthy. They were 
royalty, and he was going to teach them. But he had them on a diet that he wanted them on because he wanted them to be healthy, and he wanted them to learn everything he had to teach them so that they would do what he said. Verse number eight, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. And then he makes his request and everything. And that's another message. If you want to go back online and go listen to that. But Daniel purposed in his heart. And as we read the book of Daniel, we see that him making that decision at that point, he was going to follow God any way that he could. And as we read through Daniel, we see that Daniel is the one that the king turned to for answers. When the king had a troublesome dream and he called Daniel in and Daniel interpreted the dream. And, and over time, Daniel had gained a lot of respect among King Nebuchadnezzar. And then later, when King Nebuchadnezzar had passed on and his son had taken over and he, he, knew, he hardly knew anything about Daniel. But he's in there drinking with his friends, and he brings the vessels from the house of God in there, and they pour wine in there, and they're, they're just joining up the vessels of the house of God. They were set aside to worship God, but they're, they're just joining with the vessels in their debauchery. And that hand, that old hand gets on the wall. Y'all might like to hear that sermon someday, but it writes on the wall. That's where we get the handwriting on the wall. Mine, mine, tekel. Up sharsh, up sharsh, I can't pronounce the last one. But it said, thou art weighed in the balance, thou art found wanting. And, but uh, he, he gets scared because he sees his hand. And his mom comes in there and says, your father trusted Daniel to interpret his dreams. So he calls for Daniel and he says, if you interpret this dream, he said, I'll give you... I'll give you beautiful clothes and I'll put rings on your finger and jewelry. And Daniel said, you can keep all that. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, you can keep all that. And he interprets a dream. He says, you're going to die tonight, basically. And that's when the Persians come in and they take Babylon. Well, when the Persians came in and they took Babylon, they began to take the local governors and princes that were in power I imagine they weeded some out, but they, they began using them to govern the area. And by doing that, they gained the trust of the people because they were, they were governing a vast area. So that's where we get to in, vast, in verse, uh, chapter number 6. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three rep presidents of whom Daniel was first, he was first over the presidents, that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage. And he says, uh, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So we get to this late point in Daniel's life. He's probably about 80 years old by now, but he's had from that one point, he purposed in his heart. Would to God that we would purpose in our heart to follow God. And you, you have to purpose in your heart. You have to make a plan. The plan doesn't happen by accident, right? So my question was, how can you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding? We'll keep looking at this. So Daniel purposed in his heart, number one, that he was going to walk with God. 
And then number two, which, which was the second message, that, he was going, that they were going to worship God. And we saw Daniel's friends go into the fire for their stand, for refusing to bow to the golden image. So as we look at Daniel chapter number six, we can see how the decision that Daniel made so many years before and followed up on every morning after that, every morning after that, you had to make a decision every day. You had to purpose in your heart each and every day that you're going to follow God. You can't go off of yesterday. You can't go off of yesterday's manna. But he had a powerful testimony. He had a prayerful testimony. And he had a peaceful testimony. Number one, let's look at his testimony with the king. We talked about his past testimony. We talked about how he was lifted up. We see in verse number two, he was set over the three presidents. They weren't like our American president. They were... They were lower. You had the king, and he was using these other governors to manage the province, and he managed them. But he set Daniel over those other ones. And then verse number three says, verse number three, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So not only... Did he have such a good testimony that he was over those princes, but he had such a good testimony that the king had plans to put him over the entire realm. He was going to use Daniel to help him govern. His testimony was so powerful. None of this happened because Daniel was a political person. Daniel didn't set his mind. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm going to move up as far as I can into the government. We're into self-promotion Daniel didn't say, you know, I'm going to do what I can to get into the king's good graces. All he ever did was tell the king the truth. He told him what God told him. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, a lot of times we get that backwards. We want all the things added unto us, but we don't go after the righteousness. We say, well, you know, if we get all this, then I can follow you, Lord. If I reach this point in my life and I got all this set up, you know, Lord, I'll I'll surrender to the missions. If I reach this retirement, then I can go and do this for you, Lord, whatever it is. I'm not pushing anybody out the door, you know, unless they just don't like preaching. But he set his heart to seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's where we need to be and let God do the promoting. Remember when Jesus was at the meal, and the, the people were fighting over which seats. They wanted to sit in the best seat. Jesus said, don't seek the best seat, because then the master of the house may have to come and say, I need you to get up, let somebody else hear. He said, but sit down here, and he may promote you up. So he wasn't self-promoted. He had a testimony with the king, and he had a testimony with God. Verse number three says he had an, an excellent spirit was in him. That excellent spirit would have been the Holy Spirit. God had blessed him spiritually and his testimony with his enemies. Look at verse number four. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Look at this. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. His testimony was so powerful that when they looked at Daniel, they said, well, what's he been doing? Has he been messing with anybody's wife? No, I never, no. Has he ever done this? Has he stolen anything? I mean, he's over all kinds of tax money. Has he ever stolen? No, 
I've never seen him. We've stolen plenty, but I hadn't seen him do it. They looked at him, and they couldn't find anything wrong with him. Said could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So his testimony with God, he was faithful. He was blameless before the king. They could find no fault in him, and he was blameless for God. Neither was there any fault or error found in him. So they had a, he had a powerful testimony before the king, before God, and even before his enemies. When we purpose in our heart to follow God, God will take care of the rest. Prayerful testimony. Look at uh, verse number six. The trap was laid here in verse number six. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. They flatter him. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute. They're standing there and they're speaking for everybody, but I doubt Daniel was in on it. And to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. So they had to find, I think I skipped verse number five. But it said, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. You know, that that goes on even today. In Sunday school, I talked about watching the street preacher up in Canada. I didn't get to look into it too much. But, you know, in Canada, they've got some laws right now. They, They made it in their constitution basically so that you can't offend somebody or you go to jail. And the ones you offend would be the homosexuals or, you know, the whatever. But he, he's out there on the street preaching, and he's preaching against that, and they keep putting him in jail. He's been arrested a few times, this preacher I was looking at. But the law, they're, they're not taking away his right to practice religion. They're not taking away any of that, but they're capturing him or they're, they're getting him put in jail because he's following what the Bible says. So they said, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they say, well, we can't get Daniel. But what we can do is make a law to where Daniel either violates the law of his God, then he won't have his God's blessing because they know God was preserving him, or he'll violate the king's law, and he'll have to die. Either way, so long, Daniel. They got him out of the way. So they go, O king, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors, the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save the king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. You know, over in the Old Testament and Genesis, Balak hired Balaam 
to curse Israel when they were in the wilderness. And he took him from one place, and, and Balaam said, I can't tell you anything. I can't say anything but what God puts in my mouth. He, Balaam wanted to go real bad. He wanted the money. He wanted to do it, but he knew he couldn't go against God. And Balak sets him up on, the, up on the mountaintop and looking out over them. And then Balaam spouts out a big blessing over God's people. Balak said, well, maybe we were in the wrong place. He takes him over to another place and sets him up there and looking out over. And he says, I can only say what God tells me. And he opens his mouth and he pronounces a blessing on God's people. He takes him a third time. And in the end, he said, he said man, I, I, I hired you to curse them, but you blessed them these three times. And he said, I told you from the beginning I couldn't say anything but what God told me to. It wasn't because Balaam didn't want to. But Revelation tells us that Balaam found a way around that. It says in Revelation 2.14, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. When you get to the next chapter, Israel's in trouble because they were mixing with the Moabitish women, and they were eating they were, they were sacrificing the idols. So they found a way through God's law to make them violate. Daniel walks into it. Look at verse number 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. I can just picture Daniel. In my mind, I see Daniel out on the street and somebody that likes him or maybe somebody that doesn't comes up to him. I said, Daniel, did you hear about the new law that the king signed? No, what law? Well, you should have known. They, were, they, they said all the princes were there. Every, all, everybody agreed on it. Well, what's the law? He said, well, it's not really a big deal. It's just that we're not able to pray to the other gods here. You know, we're just going to have to put them aside. We can't ask a petition to them. All we can do is pray to Darius. What do you mean we have to pray to Darius? Well, and just for 30 days, it's only 30 days, Daniel. It's not a big deal. Daniel, old man, thinks back all them years. He got up in the morning, he got on his knees, and he prayed to God. In the middle of the day, Psalm 55, 17 tells us morning, noon, and night. In the middle of the day, he gets on his knees and he prays to God and he prays toward Jerusalem. Just like when Solomon prayed over the temple and he said, if they're captured, if they're in another land, if they'll turn their face toward this temple, and you'll heal them. And confess their sins. And Daniel, I think every morning he was there on his knees. I think he was looking out that window toward Jerusalem. When he picked the place that he was going to live, I, I just wonder if he didn't just pick that window. Say, this is perfect. His face is home. His face is the temple. And he'd turn his eyes and his heart toward God. He would confess the sins of Israel. And day after day, Daniel saw God work in his heart. Daniel saw God work in the lives of his friends. 
when they were all, when they all refused to bow to the image. And when Nebuchadnezzar had tossed him into the fire, he was mad. He'd heated it up seven times more. And the, two, the men that threw him in there had died. But his friends were in there in the fire and God had sent an angel and preserved them. I think Daniel had heard about that. I think he remembers getting on his knees that morning and praying, Lord, please preserve them. Please don't let them die in that fire. Every morning, every noon, and at evening, Daniel would pray. And this law comes along. And Daniel says, nothing's going to change. God's preserved me. This king, he likes me. I can't do anything about that. I'm not going to turn against God. I think Daniel gets into his apartment, looks over at that window, 80-year-old man, all that history. I don't think he has to think about much. You know, in our own lives, how much would we have to think about it? Would we have to start praying morning, noon, and night to be violating the law so we could be guilty? Would we have to start turning toward God? How many times have we neglected prayer? How many times have we neglected to get on our knees before we do something and ask God, petition God for something? How easy would it be to say, well, you know, I've only prayed a couple times last month. All I got to do is pray two less. I'll make it 30 days. That's all it is. Daniel said, no. Hadn't turned from God, and he's taking care of me, and I'm not turning from him now. He'll take care of me. And if he doesn't, it's been a good ride. Daniel gets down on his knees, and he prays to God, and those princes are over there. They got a fellow watching. And he's standing there on the ground, and he's looking up at that window. And he's watching, and he's making good money to do it. They said, if you see him get down on his knees and pray, you come and tell us. I'm just painting the picture. He stands out there and he watches up to that window. He sees Daniel kind of get a little shorter. Oh, is he praying? That, that noontime, he, he's up a little higher so he can get a little better view. He sees Daniel get down and he sees his eyes toward heaven and those hands up. And he sees his mouth moving as he prays to the Lord his God. He goes back and he tells them, and they say, Boys, we got him now. We got him now. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go. I could just see him walking down the hall. King Darius. They say over in verse number 11, these men, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask a petition, that shall ask a petition of God, any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. There's a key part. Once the king signs the decree in the Persian Empire, it can't be changed. Nebuchadnezzar, he could do what he wanted. King Darius, once it's signed, you see that over in Esther too. Once it's signed, it can't be changed, not even by him. Verse number 13, and here's the part they were relishing. I could just see him. 
Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, pretty specific about that, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. The king hears these words. They come up and they say, king, didn't you sign this? Yeah, that's true. Nobody's able to pray to any god. They're only able to petition me. No other man, they're only able to petition me. And they're like, Daniel been praying to his god. And the king goes, oh, y'all leave. I can see the king going over to the books of the law, but he knows the answer already. I can see him going through there and saying there's got to be a loophole. W.C. Fields, an old joke, you know, he was a lush on, in the movies, going through the Bible. What are you looking for there? I'm looking for loopholes. <laughs> but Darius goes over and he, he looks through the law, there's nothing. And he knows it, throws it down. I can see him pacing in his chamber. I can see him thinking back to those weasley little faces that were standing in front of him. As he looked at them and they, oh, king, live forever. Why did I fall for that? As they came with all their flattery and all their sliminess and they said, king, live forever. All of us have gotten together and think that there ought to be a statute that nobody asks petition of anybody but you. And King Darius says, why has it got to be about me every time? Why did I have to go for that? I know I'm mad a little bit, but as you know, it's probably true. And it says he searched. And the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. There must have been a deadline at the evening sun. that It just had to be done. It had to be done that day. And I know how it is when that clock's going and you're trying to figure something out. Y'all ever seen me work on a sermon? Y'all didn't know. That time marches on no matter what. No matter what you do. No matter how much the king did. I wonder if he didn't pray. God of Daniel, what do I do here? And it says in verse number 15, they must have come back. They didn't want him to forget. It said, then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Nothing like being reminded by somebody else of what you already know. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now Daniel's testimony with the king was such that it says, Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I just wonder if he didn't take those books from Nebuchadnezzar's place and look at the record and saw where those boys were thrown into the fire. Maybe there was a record and he saw where there was four in the fire when there was only three cast in. I think, Dan, I think he reached a point. He said, I can't do anything. You know, we get in our own life. 
that's the place where God can use you. That's the place where God can do something for you. When you reach the end of yourself and you say, nothing else I can do. I got a saying, I use it all the time, no way out, but straight through. Can't go around it, can't go under it, can't go over it. Ain't no way out, but straight through. You got to walk through the forest. You got to walk through the woods. He finally says, Daniel, your God's going to, he'll deliver you. He'll take care of you. But it was hard to, hard to let it all lay on God. As it said, then the king commanded to cast Daniel into the den of lions. Verse number 17, uh, verse number 16. Now the king spake unto Daniel and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually. There's more of his testimony. He knows he was always serving God in anything that he did. He will deliver thee. Verse number 17, and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. This is just a thought. Was he protecting him from the lions or for somebody else when he put that seal on there? Just a thought. So he had a prayerful testimony. Daniel walked right into the trap. And then we see that he had a peaceful testimony. And this is the part where we get to that peace that passeth all understanding. See, for the king that night, it wasn't a peaceful night. It was something that it weighed on him all night. The king went to his palace, verse number 18, and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. That's never happened to y'all, right? Up all night worrying about something. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about something that could happen at work. (laughs) And it's hard to go back to sleep. It's like, man, I got to make sure this is done or this might happen. And, uh, it, it just takes your sleep from you. But Darius is in there, and he, he, he's not even worried about sleep. He's worried about Daniel. The time has come, and he's riding it out. He's like, well, I really like him. I mean, he's the one that I wanted to put in charge of the realm. I've seen the way, I've seen his testimony. I've seen the way he walks with God. If anybody could help with this, he can and Daniel's a good, he never did anything to me. When we came in here and conquered, Daniel was there. He offered his help. He's always faithful to his God. If his God's real, he'll take care of him. God, are you real? You know, we think we were talking in Sunday school this morning, no man's an island. Our testimony gives other people faith. When people see you go through the trial, gives them faith. When someone sees you suffering, but they know you know the Lord, they're watching you. They're watching to see how you go through it. But the king was up all night. He goes to his palace, and he's up all night. We get back to Daniel. Look back at Philippians, or just listen to it, Philippians 4, 5, the verse we read out. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Daniel had a good testimony. The Lord is at hand. 
Verse number six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Daniel just laid it on the Lord. He prayed to God. He refused to stop. Verse number seven, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse number 18. Then the king went to his palace, passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Verse number 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of the lions. He slept, but he just kind of went in and out. But when he got up, in, when it was morning time, when he saw that sun coming up, you know, there wasn't any breakfast. There wasn't any stopping for anything. I got to see. I got to see. And he heads out there, and maybe he already sent the order to a runner. He said, go out there and remove, the, remove that stone. Take that stone off. You have my permission. He gets out there, and that stone's removed away. The king looks down that hole. He can hear the heavy breathing of the lions down there. You know, the night before, as Daniel was being lowered in there. I think Daniel stood over that same hole and he looked down there and he saw those lions and he heard them roaring. He heard them growling. Imagine how it echoed coming up out of that hole. They tied Daniel up and they lowered him down in there. He's an 80-year-old man. He's not going to wrestle with the lions. He's not Samson. And as his feet break that hole, I think Daniel said, Am I going to see you soon, Lord? Whatever you want. I think as he's lowered, he's waiting for that first bite. He's dangling like a chicken for a crab. He's waiting for that first bite, and he doesn't feel it. That darkness closes around him as he gets lowered down. It's like, Lord, it's on you. Whatever you want. He sits down. Maybe it's not going to happen right away. And he hears a stirring over there. He can't see him. It makes it a little more frightening. And then he sees that lion's face in the sunlight and then disappearing off into the shadows. It looks at him. But it just kind of moves on. And then as they put the stone over, and as the king's putting his signet ring on there and sealing it, I think it started to light up down there. I think he looks over. He sees that angel. As the king looks down there the next morning, it says, and when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and spake and said to Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? He doesn't know if he's going to hear a response. Daniel's been sitting down there and he cries out. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel sat down there and The angel of the Lord showed up. He said, Daniel, don't worry. You're going to be all right. Maybe they just sat down there all night talking. 
He was close enough to the Lord. Maybe the Lord showed him some things. We know Daniel gave us some prophecies. Was it there? I don't know. He had a lot of years in his life, but I can only imagine he had some questions for the Lord. The whole time those lions are sitting around. They hadn't been fed in a while. They don't eat. They don't go against God. He said, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocence he was found in me and also before thee, O king. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed him. So we've got a fearful king. You know, fear can grab a hold of you. We're not all Daniel. We don't all have that testimony that Daniel had. We strive for it. Daniel purposed in his heart a long time ago. You can do the same thing even today. You say, oh, I messed up here. I messed up there. Just purpose in your heart. You're going to follow God. You might stumble. Ask God to pick you up. You might sin. Ask God to forgive you. Don't sin on purpose. But either way, you ask God to forgive you. You keep turning back to the Lord. You turn to him for your prayers. You turn to him for your daily needs. You turn to him for everything. Turn to him when you mess up and turn to him when you do good. That peace that passeth all understanding and the God of peace which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Do you have the peace of God that passes all understanding? Like Daniel did. Have you purposed in your heart? If you'll stand.